0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if you're ready, if you've got your Bible out there, let's hold him in heaven and say thank you, Father, for your holy written word. According to the word, change me from glory to glory. And I boldly say, I will never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. This morning we're talking about honoring your Father. And you ever notice sometimes when there's a Father's Day message? Let's back it up. When there's a Mother's Day message, all the mothers are praised and all the mothers are exalted. And we thank God for all that they do. And you know all the help they provide. And it's just endless. As we continue to lift up mothers. Seeming though when it comes to fathers. The message is somewhat judgmental or critical. He needs to do this. He needs to shape up. He needs to do that. Well this is not going to be one of those messages. <laughs> and all the, men, all the fathers said. Amen. <laughs> We're going to talk about honoring your father this morning and look at the first text there. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Honor means to hold in high esteem. Actually the word in the Hebrew means heavy. In other words your father should be a heavyweight in your eyes as you value and prize his person, who he is, and the position that he holds in your life. But it's so difficult at a time like this to really share a message because you've got so many different scenarios that exist. You've got someone possibly with you that wasn't able to procreate, have a child. You've got another person, that could say, that maybe they never knew their father. Someone was abandoned by their father or abused I mean you listen to the testimony uh, of Joyce Meyer and it's just mind boggling when you think of the abuse that she had to withstand and then overcome and then have also the privilege of leading her father to Christ afterwards but it's an amazing amazing testimony but then you got let's say someone maybe a father with a rebellious child or rebellious children you know and it's difficult But then, of course, you have someone like my wife who lost her father at a very young age. I think she was 11 years old. And so from that young age, didn't have that influence in the home. And so there are many different scenarios that exist. And I believe by the precious power of the Holy Spirit, we can reach out. And the word will take its root within the hearts of all the people. And so no matter what the scenario might be, I believe God has an answer for everyone, don't you? He's more than enough. Now as we put this in its context, its rightful context, here we see Moses getting the Ten Commandments. Now they were brought out of Egypt by the power of God. They were amazingly provided for by the hand of God. Imagine that. 11 million gallons of water coming out of a rock every day. 4,500 tons of manna coming down from heaven every day. Imagine God providing protection for them. cloud by day, a fire by night. You could say... The cloud by day is air conditioning. The fire by night is the heating system. So he provided heat and cool, for, you know, cold for them. And then uh, when they wanted, of course, they wanted uh, meat. He brought quail from everywhere until it came out their nostrils, the Bible says. And they can eat that. And so they saw this wonderful work of God. They saw the Red Sea part and dry up. And they went across dry land. They saw the enemy defeated. All that took place. And now, now on their way to the promised land, which should have taken 11 days... Forty years later, they got in. But anyhow, it should have taken about 11 days, to, no, less, no more than two weeks. Uh, Moses goes up to Mount Sinai. And God gives him instructions, commandments to follow. Why? Because he wants them to be preserved in the promised land. And he wants them to conduct themselves in a certain way to his liking and to his pleasing. Right? And so he gives them simple instructions. Ten commandments, we call them. The first four, of course, deal with the relationship with God himself. Put God first, worship Him alone, honor His name, and honor His day. That doesn't sound too hard, does it? Simple statements, put God first in your life. Worship Him alone. No other images, just worship Him. Honor His name, and oh, does that not get you when you hear people using the name of Jesus in vain? No one ever says, oh, Buddha. No. No. You never hear that. But I'll tell you what, they can throw the name of Jesus around, can't they? Honor his name and honor his day. Four simple statements, that's all. But then he begins the next section of commandments and they start with number 5, honor your father and your mother, right? Then don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal, don't lie, don't covet. But notice the fifth one is what? The very first one with regard to dealing with social relationships, the very first one is directed toward fathers and mothers. Honor your father and your mother. Honor. Hold them in high esteem. You think God had some insight with regard to how societies will succeed? And how people groups will succeed? The very first thing he says is to honor Your father and your mother. That's number one. So there's a lot of import when it comes to that statement that he makes. And so we want to talk about that. So honor your father this morning. But why? Why should I honor my father? Well, in the book of Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 3. Number one, it is commanded by the Lord. Notice this. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them. Now notice these statements. You shall be holy. What a statement. You shall be holy. What's your definition of being holy? What's your understanding of being holy? Does that mean that I've uh, arrived at some particular place in my life where I'm so set apart that I don't mingle with anybody, anybody else or whatever. I'm some, some monk somewhere, you know, just isolated apart from people. And That's a holy man. no. For I the Lord your God am holy. Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father. Did you ever relate holiness to that? And keep my sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. What a statement. I'm the Lord your God. I command that you live a holy lifestyle. And it begins by honoring your father and your mother. So if we want to walk in the realm of holiness and be holy like the Lord said to be holy look at your father this morning and think about that relationship Well, he may not be here but wherever he may be but think about that you're submitting yourself to God's commandments you're doing it God's way and I understand because of all the scenarios that we talked about that might be difficult in some cases nonetheless for those of us that understand In their walk with God, the need to be holy, it begins right there. Highly esteem and value your father. Understand his worth. Secondly, it pleases God. Another reason why it pleases God. Look in the book of Colossians chapter 3 and verse 20. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is not just pleasing, but well-pleasing unto the Lord. Notice well-pleasing. If you back that up to chapter 1, he prayed a prayer for the church at Colossae. And he said that they were to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. How? By being filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So they would walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. So if it's well pleasing that children obey their parents. And today we're talking about fathers. Then that's a revelation as to how we can walk holy and well pleasing to God. My parents are both 85 years old right now, and they still live in Youngstown, Ohio. It's very difficult for them to to get around and that sort of thing. But you know, I I reflect and think upon the fact that they're still alive, number one. Uh, But also, I think about how hard my father worked. He worked in a mill. He worked two jobs. He worked day and night. Sometimes he worked 16-hour shifts. Sometimes he'd work 16-hour shifts and then go paint houses and whatever. But, you know, you think about the fact that a father is motivated, I do believe because of the title of being a father, just like God is a father who provides and cares for his own, to do everything they possibly can to help out, to see to it that their children have a better life. But anyhow, notice, it's well-pleasing to God the Father when we honor our fathers on the earth. Number three, also there's a promise connected to it. And this is a good reason, another good reason, Notice in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Notice the promise of obedience that it may be well with you. In other words, the quality of life that we have as we live our lives upon the earth can be really connected to the way we've treated our parents. So if we want to see to it that we have a better quality of life and that we live long on the earth then he says honor your father and your mother um I'm, i've said this before but I just it just always strikes me whenever i teach this subject when i was living in chippewa and i never forget that day how could i forget that day and this uh Neighbor boy was told by his parents who both worked. He was a teenager, went off to catch the bus to go off to school. Last words he heard from his father was, Make sure you get on that bus. And those were the last words he ever heard from his father. Because his neighbor across the street says, Let's stay home, play hooky. So after the parents left and went off to work, they didn't get on the bus. They decided they're going to do it their way. They're going to stay home from school. And so that's exactly what they did. They got to playing with guns. And the one boy died from a gunshot wound as they were playing with guns. And I just thought and think about that just for a moment. All he had to do was get on the bus. All he had to do was obey his father. Do what his father asked him to do. Probably still be alive today. I don't believe in this idea that, you know, what was his time to go? I don't believe it's your time to go as a young teenage boy. But that happened out of disobedience. So you see, it's not just that... um, you know, you're, you're setting some things in motion to have a longer life just because I'm doing that. But doing what they said to do can help us have that longer life. And they said, get on that bus. Number four. Next. Because of gratitude. Stop and think about everything that your father has ever done to invest in your life. Stop and think about from the word go when you were first born while you were helpless. And there was... No way that you could take care of yourself. But what did he do for you? Put a roof over your head. Put some food on the table. Right? Clothing provided for you. But also many other things that sometimes we just don't even think of and just take for granted. Isn't it wonderful to know that you can just be a carefree person, not concerned about where the next uh, bill is going to be paid, whether there's electricity, whether there's water, you know, whether there's this, that, and the other thing. And what about, you know, helping you when you get your first car or helping you with your, drive, with your license, helping you with insurance and that sort of thing? And I mean, the list is endless as to what a father does for his child or for his children to get them pointed in the right direction in life. And then you know what? If you were blessed to have a Christian father. Who pointed you to Christ. That is invaluable in my estimation. That if the only thing he could ever leave you. This side of glory. Is an a, a awareness and an understanding. And a knowledge of God's saving grace through Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what. He has given you the best thing he can possibly offer to you. In this life that will usher you in the next life in glory. So there are many other things that a father does just on a day-by-day basis. And just his presence being there for you, listening to you, offering you sound counsel and advice in different situations. And that brings us to our next point. Look at the next one. Now his life experience that he's gained from two schools, two schools that he went to. What two schools did he go to? Well, one, he got a good education wherever he went to school. But then also he went through the school of hard knocks. We've all been through the school of hard knocks, have we not? Where we've learned the hard way. We've made our mistakes along the way. We've tripped along the way over obstacles. Stepped into a few potholes along the way. And we've learned from life experiences. And I understand there's there's a generation gap. But it's also important to understand as a young person. You've got someone who loves you like no one else loves you on this planet, cares for you like no one else cares for you on this planet, and is there for you like no one else is there for you. It is unconditional love that he has for you, and will offer sound counsel and advice to help you along the way, so that you don't make the mistakes that he made say when he was growing up. Avoid those pitfalls, and those roadblocks, etc, etc. So young person and really doesn't matter what your age is. Think about it. Do I really appreciate my father like I should? Do I appreciate all the things? It's been said that a child will never know how much he or she owes her father and mother until they get married, have kids of their own, and they realize what it's like to rear up children in our society. But then they'll begin to appreciate it when they see that everything that you do is now geared towards your children. And so, because of gratitude... Uh, Notice in Proverbs 15, verse 32 from the Living uh, Translation, Living Bible. It says, and listen, if you profit from constructive criticism, you will be elected to the wise man's hall of fame. But to reject criticism is to harm yourself and your own best interests. So if you're listening to the counsel that your father has given to you because of his education... Because of his life experiences, because of his mistakes that he has made over a period of time in his life, and he's just trying to give to you a better understanding of how you can succeed in life, listen to the constructive criticism. But too often what happens is young people put up defense walls. Dad doesn't know what he's talking about. He's old fuddy dud. Think about that. Mark Twain says, when my dad was, when I was 14 years old, my dad knew nothing When I became 21, he says, it's amazing how much the man learned in the seven short years of life. (laughs) Isn't it something how we change in those years from 14 up to 21? And we see life through different eyes. Amen? Amen. All right. Next. And this is something important as well. The curse. Because of the curse. What curse? Well look at Deuteronomy 27 verse 16. This is from the New Living Translation. Cursed is anyone who dishonors father or mother and all the people will reply what? So be it. So be it. Cursed. Now you say well that's Old Testament. Well it may be Old Testament but it doesn't mean that God's changed his views. As a matter of fact Paul in Ephesians quoted the law. quoted Uh, The the commandments when he said honor your father and your mother it's the first commandment with a promise so he didn't say it stopped because you're now in the new testament and you're under grace so the point is if we don't want to live under that curse of what opening our lives up to certain things that we don't really want we don't want to entertain we don't want to invite into our lives then we're going to make a decision that we're going to honor our father we're going to hold him in high esteem we're going to consider him And his position in our lives in such a way so as to glean as much light as we can from him. But also give him the due respect that he deserves. Amen. Now, rebelling against one's father is rebelling against God himself. You're actually rebelling against God because he's the one that obviously came up with the commandments. He's the one that created us. He's the one that really has the right to govern our lives. And so if he said this is essential that we do it, obviously it's important to him. And to rebel against your father is to rebel against him. And a lot of people wonder why they're not experiencing the full blessings like they really ought to have. If I was a young person, I'm still a young person. But if I was a younger person today and I had this opportunity and I had the revelation that I have right now. You know what I would do? I would lay a good solid foundation for my faith life by saying, Father, I've honored my father. I honor my father. I choose to honor my father. I may not agree with everything, but I honor him. I'm going to hold him in high esteem. Because your word makes it very clear to me. That if I don't, I can open up my life to a curse that I don't want to entertain in my life. And then of course there's those scriptures in Deuteronomy. 27, let's, let's look at these scriptures. You know, 21, you don't want any part of this. Again from the uh, New Living Translation. Suppose a man has a stubborn and rebellious son. I can just hear those words and you can just see a stubborn and rebellious son. I'm going to do it my way. I can see the prodigal son of old. Give me my money. Give me what you owe me. I'm going to do what I want to do. Live the way I want to live. And I mean, they've got this high-minded attitude of pride and arrogance and all that. I'm just going to go off and I'm going to paint the, the, the world. I'm going to do everything I possibly can. Sow my wild oats and all that. My, my fuddy dud of a father. What does he know about life anyhow? Look Look what he's got. Yeah, he's only worked hard. He's provided a roof over your head, given you food to eat and clothes to wear. All this time he's taking care of you and all that. Did everything he possibly can to give you the best life he can and hear you off. You know more. You know, you know more. Full of pride and arrogance and all that. Suppose a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father or mother, even though they discipline him. In such a case, the father and mother must take the son to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. The parents must say to the Elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious and refuses to obey. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town must stone him, with, stone him to death. In this way you will purge this evil from among you. And all Israel will hear about it and be afraid. That's pretty serious, wouldn't you say? That really should sink into our hearts to see the seriousness of it. I can really meddle right now. God says to do this with rebellious children. You have to understand this. When he talks about them taking them to counsel. He's talking about this child's getting every opportunity to to change his ways. Including sitting down with the elders in like a court of law and just saying, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And if he still says, I'm going to live my way, do my thing, etc., etc., that's when he gets stoned to death. It's never been known that it was ever carried out. Because I would think that there was something that would open up their hearts and their minds. I'm facing death, I guess. (laughs) Uh, What what good is it for me to have money if I can't spend it or do whatever I want to do? And so they changed their heart, they changed their mind. I'm not going to meddle too far, but I'm going to say this. This is in that family situation. Because he knew and understood the need to keep the nation purged. And if you start getting rebellious kids, what are you going to breed? Rebellion stubbornness on and on and on and here we are in our country and what have we invited you want to know why God said wipe out all those that breed terrorism because that's what they live for and that's what they do he doesn't say invite them in take them in and let them be a part of your society and hopefully they won't do anything wrong What did he say to do to them? Wipe them out. Get rid of them. Their wives, their children, their livestock and everything. Why? Because they breed terrorism. And I know it sounds horrible, but yet back then that's exactly what he knew they had to do. They wouldn't put a stop to it. We're talking about really rebellion against the kingdom of God and his working on the earth. So obviously there's a whole lot of truth to it and so when it comes to young people once again, there's so much to be said for you honoring your father in such a way that you esteem him highly, that you really please God Almighty. He will honor you and he'll keep his word in your life. Now, how is the next question? How? Number one, how are we going to honor him? Show respect for who he is. Well, who is he? Look at Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 23. Listen to your father who gave you Life. Stop right there. No father. You're not here. You have no identity. You have no family name. You're not here to belong to anything. So God himself is speaking to you. And saying to you. Your father gave you life. And for that reason you owe him. Respect. A level of respect that makes you aware of the fact. That he's the one that brought you into this world. He's the one. Uh, That fathered you. And all that father stands for. And all that father means. So you carry the family name. Give him the due respect. The respect that he deserves. Someone once says. Well I only give him respect when he earns it. That's not what the scripture said. That's not what it said. There is a degree or level of respect. That you owe your father. No matter what. Because he gave you life. And without him you don't have life. And so God says I command it. You do it so that you can be a blessed person. And remember this. It's honoring God, but it's also allowing you to be blessed. It's opening up an avenue or a highway in which God can bless you in this life because of the decision that you made. I will honor my father and my mother no matter what. Once again, I may disagree, but it doesn't mean I'm going to disrespect. There's a difference between the two. Amen? Amen. Look at the first Corinthians chapter 11. He gave you life, obviously. And then also, here in this verse, it says, I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of every woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. There is a chain of command, a chain of authority. Of course, Christ is overall, God's overall, then Christ over the man, then the woman, etc. And then when it comes to the child, your father is your first primary authority figure on the earth. You might look at other people and just say, oh, I admire this person, I admire that person. You know, and I'm going to show respect to this person, that person. But I want you to know something. No one is more important than your father. As far as an authority figure is concerned, you know what God knew? If you don't submit yourself to the authority of your father, then you will live your life in such a way that you won't show th- respect to any authority figure whatsoever. And think about it. How has it, over the years, let's say, spiraled when it comes to Young people respecting authority. It got to where no longer do they respect their father. No, no longer do they respect a school teacher. No longer do they respect an authority figure. Who are you to tell me what to do? It even gets to the point you don't respect the man behind the pulpit. Who does he think he is telling me this, telling me that? Well, I'm telling you what, he's only a messenger. That's all he is. So in, in actuality, you're not, you're not rebelling against the preacher. You're rebelling against God whose word the preacher is preaching. And so it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, then the Father, then the Mother, then the Child. That's the chain of command. And so as the child obeys the authority of his father and his mother, then he's obeying the authority of Christ and God the Father. So you see, it's important that we get our minds renewed to understand God's ways. Not our ways. This is God's way. But you might think, but I'm successful the way I am. I wouldn't boast about that. I wouldn't boast about that at all. Because the Bible says, if you're going to boast, then boast that you know Him. And that you obey Him. Because like King Nebuchadnezzar, that can be taken in a flash, a heartbeat. He quickly went from, I'm a God, boom, lost his mind. Lost his position. Lost his power. Lost everything. And then finally, when he came to his senses, because God enabled him to come to his senses. After living like an animal in the wilderness. He said there is no one like God. There's no one like God. Who I, what was I and who do I think I am to think that I've got some kind of authority or power? I don't have any. So young person, look at your father with these kind of eyes. I owe him respect for who he is. He brought me into the world. He's my first and foremost authority figure and if I can't submit to his authority I won't be submitting to anybody's authority including where you get your job. And then also, look at Malachi chapter 1. And look at the verse six. The Lord of heaven's army says to the priests, a son honors his father and a servant respects his master. Well, if I am your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? For you have shown contempt for my name. So once again, because you ask how, have we ever shown contempt for your name? And it goes on and talks about how different ways. So it's important that we understand that God is the one who says you owe it to him. He deserves it. Honor him. Hold him in high esteem. Consider his words weighty in your life. Because of his life experiences and because of so many other things. But more than anything else, he deserves your respect. Secondly, secondly, being appreciative for all that he's done in your life. Be thankful. It's so easy for us to... To get to a place we're not even thankful for what God has done for us. That's just human nature in its fallen state. When you say, oh, thank you. We can so flippantly say thank you to somebody. But do we really stop and think about the sacrifice that was made for that person to do what they did? Do you really consider the fact that everything that your Father has done to sow into your life... We talked about the roof over your head. We talked about the clothes that you wore when you were growing up. We talked about providing whatever assistance that you needed along the way, whether it was ever medical help or, or prayer or whatever it is. Providing for you the shelter as well as the, the, the electricity, you know, and the water that you drink. And, the, and everything, every time you had an event in your life and gave you the money to go and participate in that event. Maybe sending you on a field trip or sending you on a, a missionary trip, etc. The list goes on. It's endless what a father does to see to it that he promotes a better lifestyle for his child. As a matter of fact, I don't know about you, but I kind of think we've got a little bit overboard in our society today. We do everything for our kids. Do you do everything for your children? Don't even let me start on grandchildren. Because I see some of you grandpas out there, oh my goodness, your grandchildren walk on water. You do anything for your grandkids, right? Come on, Gary, I see that glow about you right now. I can just see it, see that, see what I'm talking about? Just like that. And you know, and we understand why, because you can give them back when they're younger and just say, when they start crying here... (laughs) But being grateful and thankful truly from the heart. You can thank your father with a card. And honestly, that's nice. You can thank him with a a gift, a tie, a shirt, whatever they might like. Take him golfing. I don't know, whatever you do to, to celebrate Father's Day. But I'll tell you what, when you stand there and look him in the eyes and you say to your dad, I deeply Appreciate who you are in my life and in every investment that you've made in my life your influence in my life all the provision that you provided in my life and just go on from your heart and really say I thank you, not flippantly I thank you sincerely, deeply from my heart I hold you in high esteem y- you know what you want to bring your father to tears? Try it. Try it. Because you know why? I believe most of our men today, especially within our congregation, they're sold out, so sold out to their, their children. They'll do anything to help their children. And you know what? Follow me on this one. We live in this rapid pace when it comes to athletics and everything that really surrounds athletics. We got parents investing so much in their children's lives. Whether it's AAU basketball or gymnastics or baseball. I'm talking about traveling around, in some cases, out of state. Come on. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? In Sac- Sacrificing whatever. They have to sacrifice to help them succeed. And there's a goal in mind. I understand that. But the point is, they'll do anything to help you succeed. Whether it's put you through college... Take you to the place you have to go to improve on whatever your athletic event might be. They'll sacrifice themselves to do it. And it's so easy just to say thank you without really understanding the depth of the sacrifice. And that's why I say this. The same thing is true spiritually. You know, we can say this. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. We could say it flippantly. Or we can stop and just say, wow, Jesus I'm I'm really taking the time to meditate upon what sacrifice you made for me. I don't want to just say thank you. Why do you think we celebrate the Lord's Supper? Remember me. Young person, remember your father. Remember the sacrifices. Remember everything that he's ever done to sow good things into your life. And you know what? Be appreciative. Amen? Amen. Then also... Look at Malachi chapter 4. And this is a powerful verse of scripture. And you're going to see why. This is the last verse. Of Malachi. The last verse. Of the Old Testament. That takes us then and leads us into the what? The New Testament. And this is speaking of, of. John the Baptist. Coming in the spirit of Elijah. So imagine this. Keep this in mind. His preaching. Who's preaching? John the Baptist. Or Elijah, the spirit of Elijah. His preaching. Who's preaching? John the Baptist. What's John the Baptist going to do? Make the way for the Lord, right? So is his preaching, what's it going to be about? What's it going to be on? Because you see, this is the forerunner to Jesus. He's coming in as the Messiah. This has to be so exciting. He's He's going to be preaching about filling the law, fulfilling the law. No. Look at what it says. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children. And the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise I will come and strike the lamb with the curse. How powerful is that? What was he saying? He's going to get fathers to repent. If they've not done what he told them to do. To provide for their children. He's going to tell children to repent. If they have not given the due respect and honor that they really should give their father. God knew I've got to bring the family together. That's the only way it's going to work. I've got to bring families together. And I'm going to do a work on the heart of the father. I'm going to do a work on the heart of the child. And I'm going to bring them and fuse them once again together. Once again to make them value and appreciate each other. So that they can pass it on to the next generation. And the next generation. And the next generation. That's what he came preaching. Powerful. When he preached repentance. That was the first part of it. Making a way. A highway. For God to move. And then next. After appreciating all that he's done. Live so as not to discredit his name. Wow, what a mandate. Live so as not to discredit his name. You bear the family name. And when I thought about this, I thought about we're to live our lives so as not to bring reproach to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are we not? Because we belong to the royal family of God. But also he is saying to us, we're to live our lives in such a way that we don't bring shame or dishonor to the family name. Because a good reputation is better than what? A fine perfume. Now notice in the book of Proverbs 28 and verse 7. This is from the English Standard Version. The one who keeps the law is an under, a son with understanding. But a companion of gluttons shames his father. If I start, in other words, going around hanging out with people that have no regard, no respect for father or mother... If I start living my life with these other guys and put, really make this a priority that I've got to look cool in front of all these people I hang out with and no regard for the laws of God handed down by my father. Then I'm first of all a son without understanding but then secondly I can bring dishonor and shame to the family name. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I say it jokingly, kiddingly but you think about this. When I was asked to do the prayer at my class reunion, you get this response. "In Anzavino? A preacher? I, hold on. Mm-mm. That wasn't the family name in Youngstown, Ohio. As a matter of fact, I still get that to today. You know the Anzavinos in Youngstown? Yeah, you mean the crazy ones? Yeah, that's the, yeah, the, yeah, the crazy one. Yeah. And I'm telling, so much so that this one that went on to become a doctor changed it from Anzavino to Anzaven. Left the O off and the Z changed to an S. He didn't want to be associated with the Anzavinos of Youngstown, Ohio. See, the family name was, trust me, dishonored among the people there. And so I, I got that. I really did. I got that. But you know what? Isn't it something that when you obey God that he can bring you to a place of honor? Because you heard me say in my last class reunion, when they asked me again, not only did I pray the, the, the prayer, you know, uh, in, of invocation, I gave Andrew's testimony before my whole class, all those that were there I gave, praise God, an opportunity for everyone to accept Christ. Amen. And there were tears in people's eyes. Yes, there were the rebellious ones that said, I didn't come here for a church service. But the others were like all over me just saying, oh my goodness. You know, just in tears in their eyes. And, 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 and I, It's actually some couple, I think, come up and said, I, I, I did what you said. I've accepted Christ. But it's important that we understand that our actions, everything that we do represent Christ, yes but also your family and you think of your family name you don't want to dishonor it you don't want to bring any shame to it you want to live your life in such a way so as to never discredit your family name praise God now, in conclusion sorry guys but no father is perfect There's only one perfect father, and that's our father in heaven. He's perfect in all of his ways. And wouldn't it be wonderful just to maybe think about what life would have been like if Adam did not do what he did? Wouldn't that be wonderful? And we would never have to face all the things we face in this life. But he did, and as a result, of course, we face life as it is today. But I believe that most fathers give themselves completely and totally to help their children have a better life than what they had and succeed in life. And so for that reason, every young person, it doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter if your father's 96 years old. Mark, you got a blessing right next to you, right there. And all that he's invested in your life. And I'm sure you can tell us countless things that he's done. Brother Chuck's dad is 95 years old. And I think about that family name. And I think about the pillars of the church and what they've done to honor God, number one. And be noticed people, yes, may be criticized because of their religious beliefs in the things of God. But still, look how God has honored the families of the people that were so sold out to God and loved him. Young person, my prayer is that you'll look at your father today with different eyes and that you will truly see from your heart who he is, what he's done. I'm not saying he doesn't have flaws and imperfections because only God is perfect. But you know what? You want to make his day? Let him hear this. When my daughter says, daddy, oh my goodness. <laughs> I melt into a puddle and I say, what honey? Any other fathers out there hear what I'm saying? Come on. Mm -hmm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and notice one. The ones that know they have the father right here around the little. They're saying, it's my dad. Yeah, that's my dad. I got him. Once again, we have all these flaws and all these faults. But let's not point those out today. Let's not even think about them today because we all have them. And you're going to have them too. Even as a father, you have your own children. But appreciate Your father. Show him due respect. Let him hear you say. I deeply. Deeply. Hold you in high esteem. And value you as a person. And appreciate with the deepest gratitude. All that you've done. To give me the life that I have. The family name. And all that you've done to feed me. Clothe me. Help me through life. Educate me. Etc. Etc. And I guarantee you. It's a better present than anything you can give him. Amen. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife Krista and Christian Assembly Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school. If you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. Is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound and through a life of worship bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world,